Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. How's everybody doing? Good. I am so excited to be here this morning. Someone was asking me um, if I was ready, if I was nervous, and I was like, no, I'm really not because I believe what I'm going to say. I live it out. I don't feel like I'm having to try to convince you of something or sell something to you because um, this is my life. This is what um, I live. So for those of you who don't know me, I am Bethany Camp. I'm married to the drummer. We have four <laughs> We have four awesome kids. Being a mom is my favorite thing in the world. It hasn't always been, and that's kind of part of my um, story in changing the way I think. Um, I am a certified mental health coach. What that means is that I am not a counselor. I am not um, a mental health professional. And I don't want to be either of those things. Um, So just to kind of give you a simple breakdown of what I do is I help people change the way they think. Um, I have helped people uh, who struggle with suicidal ideation, um, anxiety and depression, uh, bipolar, negative self-talk, struggles in parenting and marriage, um, just to name a few. And what I do is I'm a coach, so it's training and equipping. It's giving them the tools and the equipping to change how they think. It's a process. It's taken me about seven years to get to where I am now. Um, But because of what I've experienced, I love to help people experience breakthrough in their thinking. Um, So I want to just dive right in. So we've been walking through this Thought Life series Um, And when Clint asked me if I wanted to uh, preach one of them, I was like, yes, because like I said, I'm so, so passionate about this. Um, And so what we're going to look at today is how to change the way you think. Now, I'm going to I'm going to talk about three different points, um, but I, I think sometimes when we when we look at lists or um, even like topical preaching, we almost put it in a box like, okay, step one, I'm gonna do this, and we make it about performance. Don't do that today. Um, This is really just, these are the three main things that have absolutely radically um, changed my life and have changed people's lives that I've worked with. Um, So just remember that as we go through these points. So the first point in changing the way you think is to know and be grounded in truth. Now, we live in a culture that does not say this or says it in a way of your truth, his truth, her truth. There's not one absolute truth. It's that truth is relative. It's whatever it feels is true to you. And what Jesus says, though, In John 14, 6, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
So we see that easily. This is a familiar verse if you've grown up in church that we know that Jesus is the truth, the one truth. Um, and then John 8.32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So Jesus is what sets us free. And this is totally opposite of what our culture tells us today. And honestly, even some churches. Um, Jesus is what sets us free, not our performance, not what we do, not, um, not even necessarily how we think, right? There are a lot of these um, positivity gurus out there. And, it, and while you may experience some relief or breakthrough for a little while, it's, it's not lasting because it's not grounded in Jesus. Um, and so you may have seen, I love Matt Walsh. You may not, but I love him. He makes me laugh. Um, he did a documentary called What is a Woman? And you may have seen it. If you haven't, you need to see it. And it's talking about all the gender stuff facing our world today. Um, and in the documentary, for those of you who haven't seen it, he takes to the streets and he asks a bunch of different questions. And he, this stuck out to me more than any of the gender stuff. He went up to two women. I would say they're probably in their early to mid-20s. And that makes it even scarier to me what their response is. Um, he asks them, what is truth? And their response is, well, truth is whatever you want it to be whatever feels right to you. And he, and he says to them, okay, well, I don't believe that you exist. I don't believe that you're standing right in front of me. What is your response to that? And they say, well, then it's true. And he says, but you're standing, like I can see you. You're standing right in front of me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If that's what you believe to be true, then I don't exist. And that scared me. When I saw that, I felt like incredible conviction to like sow the word into my children. <laughs> like, man, it's just, woo. Um, so I made a little, I'm just going to go to it and hopefully this makes sense to you. All right. So this slide, it says the truth that represents Jesus. And this thick line represents nothing changing, right? Because Jesus doesn't change like that song said, that second song we sung. He is consistent. He says what he means. He means what he says. There's no gray area. There's no trying to figure out, you know, whatever. And we may have experiences like that in our life, but who Jesus is, he's very clear. He's very clear in his word. So that's what this line is representing, is that truth, that Jesus and I put the truth because there's one truth. And then these fun little lines, that's us. And I included highs. The arches that go above the line are supposed to represent highs and then lows um, because we are human beings and we allow our emotions sometimes to dictate what we believe is true. And so that's what those lines represent. And this is something I actually draw this with clients to show them kind of what my goal is for them um, overall. So then these arrows in the next slide, these represent knowing truth, right? In our, in our emotional highs, because I think too, there's a problem and I, I'm preaching to myself when things are going really good, 
we don't tend to like lean on the Lord as much. Do you feel that? Because I know I do that. Where I'm like, things are good. I mean, I might be like, thank you, Lord. But like, I might not be in the word like I know is good for me or whatever, because things are just good and I'm on cruise control. And then there's some sort of dip and I'm like, oh boy, where's my Bible? You know? Um, but so these, these arrows represent coming back to the truth in those emotional highs and lows, or even the, the hardships of life, right? Um, and then this is my, this is the, the goal is to kind of get here where, yeah, we're going to experience hardships. We're going, it's life, right? Um, we do not live in a perfect world. We're going to experience hardships, but the goal is to be so grounded in God's word and in his truth and who he is that that squiggly line kind of almost blends with um, the truth of who he is, who we know he is. Does that all make sense? Okay, great. Number two in changing how we think is to practice gratitude. And I feel like sometimes people see this and they roll their eyes because this is very much the highlight of like the new age guru like thinking and I I talk about that because I encounter encounter a lot of that in what I do that toxic positivity that you are powerful and you can do this and you can do anything and you can overcome we know that that's possible with Jesus but this is from a very um, self-reflective selfish uh, point of view and that is not what I'm talking about here um, Colossians 3.15. And once again, these are going to be verses you've heard before if you've been in church for a while. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I love that verse so much. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called to one body, and be thankful. The first time I read this verse, I, I, peace and thankfulness um, stood out to me. And as I began to study scripture, I noticed kind of a theme with peace and thankfulness that they were mentioned a lot through scripture together. And so I began to think and pray and ask God, what does this mean? Um, because when I first read this verse, I was like, okay, and be thankful seems like it was just kind of thrown on there. Like, oh yeah, let's add this little bit at the end. Um, but I had a crazy revelation, um, what God showed me through this verse. And I'm just going to read it. Christ's peace rules in my heart if I allow it to. That's what that word let means, to allow. And gratitude helps to bring my mind into alignment with that peace. I'll read it again. Christ's peace rules in my heart if I allow it to. And gratitude helps to bring my mind into alignment with that peace. The next verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, I used to read this verse in a very different way than I or I used to interpret this verse in a different way than I think it was actually meant. Um, I read it as uh, even when tragedy happens and heartbreak and, and hard times, to be thankful for them. 
And I don't necessarily think now that that is what that means. Now, do we learn and do we grow through hard circumstances? Absolutely. But I think this is a call, an invitation to change our perspective, saying that even when things are hard and even when our hearts are broken or we're experiencing incredible loss, that we have something to be thankful for. And it's, like I said, it's about changing our perspective. And it's about changing, when we talk about perspective, changing our have-tos to get-tos. I have to take care of my kids today. I'm tired. I didn't sleep good. I get to take care of my kids today, right? We, uh, the have-to is complaining. The get-to changes it to gratitude. And it does something in us. I mean, I know when I'm grumpy is the time I need to be thankful most. And Lyle knows that. So he will tell me. When I'm real grumpy, he's like, you need to name some things you're thankful for. And I can feel the shift in me. Like, I can feel, like, my mind and my heart coming together, you know. And I'm, I just remember. I just remember who God is, everything he's given me and blessed me with. Um, it's incredible. So even when you're grumpy... I should have put that in a slide. Even when you're grumpy, be grateful. Um, And in this, I want to talk about something called brain plasticity. I love um, psychology. I love Clint's messages. My favorite ones are when he talks about, like, the actual science and chemistry behind how our minds work because that's God. That's how he designed us to work. And there used to be this theory that... Um, our brains can change and adapt. We can change those pathways um, through what we're experiencing. So this can be positive and this can be negative. Well, this is no longer a theory. This is actually what I I said a minute ago. It's called brain plasticity. Um, And it, uh, like I said, it can be good and it can be bad. It's also something that we call mind renewal, right? When we renew our minds and we are changing the way we're thinking, we are actually creating new pathways in our mind. And it takes time, but you'll notice, and you may already have, I I know I have things in my life that used to really bother me. They were a trigger point for me from past traumas or whatever. And and I've dealt with them with the Lord and something may happen that before would really trigger me. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, that just happened. And like, I don't even really care. Like, I'm not even really affected by it because I'm changing the way I'm thinking about it, you know? Um, And then our third point here. Let's see. All right, this is the fun one. This is the one where I want to spend a little bit more time. This is the one I get to in coaching and people are like, I think I'm doing good. I don't really need to do this anymore because people um, don't want to change. So the third one in changing how we think is to be mindful in what we consume. Be mindful in what we consume. And like I said, I, can, I cannot tell you the amount of pushback I've gotten 
um, from people in coaching because they're like, oh, I don't really need to to change anything. Um, I want to share a story with you first. There is a mental health professional. His name is Gregory Jantz, and I love him. He has a podcast, uh, and I highly recommend him, especially if you have people in your life who struggle with their mental health. He's got great resources on how um, to support them. And he has this story where he, um, first of all, let me back up. His approach in um, therapy is the whole person approach. So it's not just the trauma, but it's about like, what are you consuming? What's affecting you and your body? And um, so he And he has a facility, I think it's actually in Dallas, Texas. And he um, had a client who came to the inpatient facility he was meeting with. And he also has dietitians and personal trainers, everything there. They they treat the whole person when they go to his facility. And um, this guy had severe anxiety and depression. It was crippling. Like I said, he was inpatient. And so um, he's in a therapy session with Dr. Jansen, and they're looking over things because he's been there for a while. And I mean, ev- he's doing everything and he's experienced breakthroughs in, in areas, but there are things that just aren't sticking. And so he said, okay, the one thing we haven't done yet is log a food journal. So I want you to this week write out everything you eat and everything you're drinking um, because this could be connected to um, what's going on here. And so he did that, and he comes back, and Dr. Jans is looking over it, and he noticed that on average, he was consuming 12 cups of coffee a day. And when Dr. Jans asked him about it, he said, well, I didn't think it counted as coffee because it's from a Keurig. Like, (laughs) as if for whatever reason, it being from that little coffee machine, it didn't make, it, it wasn't, Um, causing a problem. All of that to say he started to cut way back on caffeine and it made a huge change in his thought life because caffeine, too much of it, is not good for your mind. Um, I want to look here. Um, Actually, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into this. I want to say too, um, it was actually Rachel who said this at a women's night. And it really stuck to me. And she said that we're talking about mindset and anxiety and stuff. And she said that we are the gatekeeper of our minds. So we get to decide what we allow to have influence and what we consume. And people will get really um, religious with this one. And that's one of the things, that's why I said with the points, don't, don't do that. That's not about, um, that's not what this is about. I love what Clint said in his last message. He said that there is no neutral zone in our thinking. Everything we consume is either life-giving or not. It, it causes death. And so I, I don't want that. I don't want that for me. And so I try to be very, very mindful in what I allow, and there are even TV shows that I used to watch that I don't watch anymore because it's just not, it's not good for me. I noticed that it was, it was The Bachelor, okay? I loved watching The Bachelor. I'll just go there. And 
I mean, I was really into it. Like, final rows, we dressed up. Like, it was our thing. I say our thing because Lyle did too. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but I noticed, like, okay, you, you're laughing because you've probably watched it. So, but I note, like, these women were so judgmental and critical of each other that I noticed I started doing that to people when I'd be out. I'd be like, oh, why is she wearing that dress? That is, that is not good for her body type. Like, just stupid stuff that I was like, I never used to think like this, but I'm watching this dumb show and it's influencing me. And I don't want that. That is not good for my heart. And I don't want to be judgmental. I want to be approachable. I want people to trust me and know that I love them. It was a stranger that I was judging. It wasn't someone I know, just so you guys all know. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. Um, but anyway, so we get to decide what we allow in. And I want to look at um, Mark 4. And I really enjoy reading Bible commentaries, how people interpret Scripture. And I read several on this area, uh, these verses in Mark 4. And I think Clint actually talked about it this way too, where um, the soil is actually in these verses representing our hearts. And so I want to read it with that, um, with that approach. So I'll read these and then we'll talk about them. So Mark 4, 13. Okay, so also too, just for context, Jesus had just shared the parable of the sower. Later, it was a group of people and the disciples were like, what did that mean? And he's like, really? You don't know what that means? And then he breaks it down simpler. And he said to them, do not, uh, or do you not understand the parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear Satan, when they hear Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word. But, and man, and I can like, I know people in my life like this and my heart hurts. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Man, I love that. So we've got the soil, right? So let's look here. There are different types of soil, it says. So that soil is representing our hearts the condition of our hearts. And that is where what we consume is affected, right? So 
when we, when we are consuming these things that aren't good for us, whether it's physical, like, I mean, t- like I said, stupid TV shows, trashy TV, or alcohol, caffeine. I'm not saying it's bad to have a beer, so please don't hear what I'm not saying. But all of these things have an effect on us and have the ability to produce life or death, even relationships, right? There were years ago that I had to say bye to some of my closest relationships because they were not good. The, some of the closest friendships I had that I really feel like once I, I started seriously walking with the Lord and in the new covenant message, I, I feel like this veil was lifted and I was seeing all of these things that I thought were good in my life were not. And so, and one of them, one of the big ones for me were, were friendships. Um, even, this is a hard one, even food is one that is either producing life or death. And I, I'm saying this boldly and confidently because I am a recovered emotional eater. Um, and uh, exercise is another one that's big, right? That is a contributing factor to a healthy mindset. All of these things contribute. All of these things are part of uh, affecting how we think. And so if we want to change how we think, we have to make changes. And some of those changes may be hard and not feel good, but um, we need to do them. Is everybody following? I see a lot of serious faces. I hope I'm not hurting your feelings. <laughs> um, so what, and also too, the reason it's so important to be mindful of what we're consuming, um, what we consume shapes what we believe about ourselves. And so if I'm consuming, I'm, I'm just going to say it, if I'm consuming trash, like what am I going to believe about myself? And this takes me back to point number one is to be grounded in the word, know the word, consume the word, know God. And so this, in closing this part, because I do, I do want to do a meditation, um, practical ways to change the way you think. Um, and like I said, I don't want this to come off as a list of things I should or shouldn't do. Um, there's like there's science that supports uh, the list of things I'm going to give you, and God is in the science. God designed our bodies to function this way. So practical ways to support your thinking and mental health is to prioritize sleep. I read these studies recently about people with PTSD because I've had some conversations with um, people who have been diagnosed with PTSD. And one of the ways that the brain resets from PTSD is through sleep and rest. That's why a lot of times when you experience a trauma, something really bad and unexpected, I did about seven years ago. And for like three days, all I wanted to do was sleep. And I thought there was something wrong with me because I didn't know that that's the body's response to severe trauma um, to reset from that post-traumatic stress. So prioritize sleep. And I'm not talking about laying in bed, binge watching Netflix. I'm talking about like no screens, go to sleep. 
Um, the next one is to practice gratitude and get in the word. I also read store, uh, some studies about gratitude recently, and they were super interesting to me. And it said that people who practice gratitude on a regular basis have stronger immune systems, are overall more happy and enjoyable to be around, um, have uh, better relationships, all of these things that practicing gratitude contributes to. It was really interesting. Um, and get in the Word. That's self-explanatory. Just read your Bible and not in a... I grew up, it was like a thing I had to check off my list so God wasn't mad at me. Not like that. I'm saying like, we have, we have access to God's words, to God's truth. Let's read it. And not even like, you don't even have to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to get something real deep and spiritual out of this. Just when you're reading God's word, you're sowing truth into your heart unintentionally. So sow that truth, put it in there. Eat fiber and drink water. <laughs> These are absolutely vital things that you need to do to support your gut health. And Sarah's a gut health guru. If you have questions or anything about that, you can talk to her when they get back. But your gut is considered your second brain. And so if your gut is not functioning well, it's going to affect your actual brain. And so support your gut. Eat fiber and drink water. And then another one too, as parents, we're so big in monitoring screen time for our kids, but we need to do that for ourselves too. Monitor how much we're staring at a screen. And another one is to move your body every single day. Sweat a little bit every single day. I'm not talking about go to the gym every day and pump some weights. I'm not, I don't go to the gym every day, but like go on a walk, go play with your kids, go do something to get your heart rate up. It's so good for your mind. And this is one for, for my mommies out there. Um, this has been absolutely uh, transformative for me as a mom, that once my kids were at a point when they were, they had a healthy sleep pattern, so I could have a healthy sleep pattern and be resting, um, I would wake up before my kids every single day. Wake up an hour. I'm trying to get back on that routine. Summer ruined it a little bit for me. And now we're homeschooling, so I'm like, oh, it's fine, you know. But getting up an hour before my kids is absolutely transformative to my day because that's time that I can get in the Word. It's time that I can sit and really think about things that I'm thankful for and honestly even start my, my to-do list for the day. Like I can knock out a few things before they're awake, and it just sets a really good tone for my day, which again contributes to our mindset. All right, I want to walk us through a meditation. We've done some of this before. Um, and uh, Clint is, Clint taught me how to meditate. Um, and I love his approach. Were y'all here? If you, let me say this. If you weren't here when he went through the openbible.info um, sermon, I think that was two or three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, two weeks ago. Go watch it and practice that. It is biblical meditation at its core. It is so awesome. Um, now, sometimes, especially as moms, we don't have time to open up our phone or a computer and 
um, go that deep into it. So I'm going to take you through a meditation that I do almost on a daily basis, grounded in truth, grounded in the Lord. Um, once again, a lot of new age guru people like to say, it's to clear your mind. Don't think about anything. And I, you should never clear your mind. Don't listen to that because that's when intrusive thoughts and things can creep in. I'm very, very intentional in how I meditate and in my thought life. Um, and so, uh, yeah, let's do this. And another thing, I love that what Clint says about meditation. He's like, when people get freaked out about it in the Christian realm, he says, we all meditate. We just call it worry. Like, it's so true. We all do that. So let's go ahead and close our eyes. Now, I, you don't need music or anything. I like music because it's calming to me. Um, I should have given you guys some music to put on. That's fine. Okay. So close your eyes. Take some deep breaths. Relax your shoulders. If you've never done this before, it might feel silly for a minute. I've walked through this with some of the, some teenagers I've coached, and it's just so funny. They need a minute to get their giggles out because they just think it's funny. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Close your eyes. Take some deep breaths. Relax your shoulders and your jaw tends to be where you hold tension. And just take some deep breaths. And so I start with putting my hand on my chest and feeling my heart beat. And I just picture God's spirit giving life to my body. That my heart is beating because his spirit is giving me life. And take some deep breaths. And this is a time, too, where if I feel like the Lord has shown me something recently in his word, I'll just kind of think on it more. So if he's spoke, spoken something to you recently, or there's a scripture you've been reading that's really stuck out, just... Meditate on that for a minute. If you need to open up your Bible or your phone or whatever, feel free to do that. All while slowing your breathing, taking deep breaths and just relaxing your body. And I'll also use it as an opportunity to remind myself of truth, that he is my life, he is my peace, he is providing and meeting all of my needs in every way. And he's a good father, a good, good father. And I'll recall times in my mind that I've experienced him as a good, good father. Maybe times I have felt alone, but he's been with me. Times of heartbreak and he's comforted me. 
times where I felt like a failure. But he reminds me that I'm not, that I'm created in his image. That I can do all things through him because he gives me the strength to. And then you can just thank him. I try to be intentional in thinking about five things daily that I'm thankful for. So you can just think on those things for a moment. You can even meditate on some of the stuff that we talked about this morning. If there's anything that stuck out to you. And you can just ask him, what does this mean for me? What are you showing me in this? He is a good father, giving life to your body, providing and meeting all of your needs. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You can open your eyes. Doesn't that just feel good? Just to be intentional and to remind yourself to remember. It's so awesome. So that's what I do every day when I do wake up before my kids. So good. Um, that's all I got today. I know that's like public speaking 101. You don't say that, but. <laughs> um, but if you guys want to stand up, I will pray us out of here. We're done, guys, before 11.30. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise. Um, I will be around to talk. I'd love to chat with you. We'll have some of our prayer team come up here to pray. And, um, yeah, I hope you leave today feeling empowered to change the way you think. Um, so let's pray. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this day, God. Thank you for our time together, Father. Thank you that you are a good father. Lord, help us be intentional in our thinking and in our minds. Jesus, we love you so much. Amen.